The Democratic Party must have a 50-state strategy, not of just coastal areas in Chicago, but throughout the heartland of this country. And now we have a blueprint. With the successful campaign of Connor Lamb in Pennsylvania's 18th congressional district, we've learned a few lessons on what it takes to appeal to a broad coalition of voters. Yes, Lamb is kind of boring. He has pretty much run-of-the-mill political opinions, and some people called him a moderate based on his policies. But if you listen to what he was saying, he was pure nurturing parent. The one that believed we need to take care of each other. And I hope that's the lesson we take away from his win. Chelsea, this is exciting. We got like this unbelievable win in northwestern Pennsylvania, not far from Michigan. Ah, uh, I mean, <laughs> not <still> close. Not <laughs> close. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's been a pretty interesting week in yeah. politics. Because um, that was like, by the time this airs, it'll be a couple weeks. Right. Um, I mean, so we've got the big win with Connor Lamb, which took like a couple days to actually declare. I mean, he declared to be official. it. official. Yeah, he declared yeah. it right away. But then, then you've got the response from Trump saying the only reason he won is because he's a Republican. Which uh, confesses more than he intended, I believe. But anyway. Okay. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, he's saying like, oh, the only reason people liked him is because he had moderate policies. And it's like, why wouldn't then he be at home with the Republican Party? You know, like in some way, Trump was confessing that like those kind of positions cannot like the center of America uh-huh. has been conceded to the other party. Like I have conceded any moderate position to Democrats. Oh, yeah. I don't I think see. I don't think he thought it through. You're it. saying that like Trump's response, what it, what he's really saying is that the Republican Party has become extreme right wing. Yeah, he, I don't think he thought it through when he said it. He was like, oh, you guys think you elected a Democrat, but you really elected a Republican because he's moderate. And everyone's like, okay, well, all the moderates now are, are Democrats. Democrat. So we get we get the middle left. <laughs> and what do you get? All, all that's left for you is like Charlottesville and Tiki Torches. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. in theory, yeah. I, in, in kind of practice, a, that's yeah. A, but that's a big, but that's that's sort of what we're going to find out in the midterms, right? right? We're going to find we're out. We're going to find out whether or not the moderate is now Democrats. Yeah. And so we've got Doug Jones in Alabama. Which is crazy. And we've got Connor Lamb in a district that Trump won by 20 points. Yeah, in coal country, kind of. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's the suburbs of Pittsburgh. Right. So it's like steel country more than anything. Right. Yeah. So this win comes right after the steel tariffs. Yes. So things are shifting and moving and causing some... What's the word? What am I yeah. trying to say? Fluffering of fle- feathers. <laughs> yes. Feathers being fluffed. Feathers are being fluffed. <laughs> steel, steel, this episode's not about steel, but like we, we had posted on Facebook the other day that, that steel has a, uh, like this other meaning where we're talking about um, coal jobs. Coal jobs are manly jobs, and steel mm-hmm. represents something that's greater than just the actual material. You know, right. steel was like a an ability to shape the world as you imagined it. You know, so that there's like a um, a feeling towards like, oh, any country should have steel because any country should be able to form the world they imagine. But it's kind of like when you actually think it through, like with tariffs and everything, it's nonsense to have an actual steel tariff. Because if you need steel, you can just buy it from another country. It's not like a big right. big deal. You can just... <laughs> Like they didn't run out like uranium was the same thing. It's like, oh, oh, they're selling uranium to another country. We don't get all the uranium in, in America. We buy it from like Kazakhstan. Right. 95% of our uranium is like, oh, we need uranium to buy to build another missile or another nuke. We'll buy it from Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan's right. like, here, here's some uranium. It's not like that's how the world works these days. Right. But right. it's like he doesn't want it, the world to work that way anymore. No one thinks to do it. Thinks to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. So the, the, the frames and the matters, and it, it reminded us very quickly, like sometimes we talk about a specific topic, but like Connor Lamb really reminded us actually of a movie from the very beginning. Yeah. So we're going to flip this episode and start with the movie. Yeah. And the movie's uh, Christopher Nolan's Inception. In- Inception. Yeah. I got to say, I saw it in the theaters. Yes. So did Absolutely I. loved it. Yeah. I thought I when I saw it. And I also think that was like... I feel like that was the the beginning point of Hans Zimmer's Bramps. 
Do you know what I'm talking about? No, go ahead. The yeah, yeah. Hans Zimmer is the composer of that film, right? And <laughs> has been, <laughs> and he's been a composer for many years before then, yes. and many years after. Yes. But that was the first movie I think that put him on the map for just <laughs> <laughs> right. And now it's like commonplace. Yeah. But I was rewatching it, and um, I was like, oh yeah, this is the first time where I was like, whoa, the music really like shook me in my seat while yes. I was watching, and it really went along to take this really psychological, interesting, intellectual film and made it into this big action. (laughs) (laughs) What what is the premise of Inception? Okay, the premise of Inception is that there is a thing that exists in this world, which doesn't really seem different than ours, but that um, people can go and dream together and go inside of the dream. And once, and the military created this, uh, reality to do mm-hmm. this, and they can believe the same thing at the same time. Yeah, well, they're dreaming together, yeah, yeah. so they're they they they're experiencing the same thing. Right. So, um, of course, with any new technology, someone's going to use it for bad. Right. right? So Leonardo DiCaprio's character That's is the science fiction aspect of it. Yeah. Otherwise, it would just be uh, just like <laughs> there wouldn't be a movie if like, no one cool misused it. New tech. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like if someone used Facebook to like. Deal things. Oh wait. Or the election. <laughs> or the election. Yeah. Oh wait. Yeah. So anyway, um, so Leonardo DiCaprio's character is a thief, and he goes into pe- dreams with people, and he steals information from their subconscious. Yes. Um, so he has been hired uh, by this very wealthy businessman to do the opposite and to instead of stealing a piece of information from someone's subconscious he has to plant a piece of information and that is called inception and so the biggest reason that leonardo dicaprio is willing to do this is because he can no longer enter the united states of america as a free citizen that's the mechanics of the plot that's why he would be motivated to help but the the inception is basically like you go into somebody's brain and you plant an idea and then they they um, yeah, absorb the, the idea without realizing you planted it. Right, but the mechanics yeah. of the plot, the reason why I bring it up is yes. because, like, why would you go to such great lengths? Because they can all actually enter this really crazy part called limbo right. and be stuck there forever and have this horrible experience in order to do this one thing. And the, and the question is, like, why would anybody do that? Why would you and risk that? And yeah. they build a pretty good plot, I think, yeah. to, to tie up all those pieces of it. So there's two pieces of trivia about Inception that are interesting. One is that... The um, Scarecrow, what's his name? What's the actor's name from 28 Days Later? Oh, um, Cillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy plays a guy named Robert Fisher, mm-hmm. which is Bobby Fisher. Who's Bobby Fisher? Bobby Fisher was the American chess grandmaster who was the last American to be the, the world champion at chess. Right, searching for Bobby Fisher. Okay, is he supposed to be? Is there? No, is- it's interesting. So, so, oh, his name is Robert Fisher. That's Bobby Fisher's actual real name. Right, but is but, it? Yeah. is it supposed to be uh, calling that out? Or? It's, it's it's obviously like um, evoking the idea of like the the chess world. Like you're you're playing a chess game. Oh, you know, I Robert see. Fisher. Okay. And the second is that they they mentioned don't think of an elephant. They in the movie. do. <laughs> yeah. So they say, uh, don't think of an elephant. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is explaining how Inception works. And if you want to put an idea in somebody's head, and it goes, oh, if you want to think of an elephant, the first thing I do is mention an elephant. And then what are you thinking about? Well, the first thing he says, the first thing I do is I say, don't think of an elephant. Yeah. And what do you think about an elephant? And then Watanabe is like, I think of an elephant. He's <laughs> like, his, great. Right. But the whole point of why they say Inception doesn't work is because I told you not to think of an elephant. Therefore, even though you're thinking of an elephant, you know that I told you, that I gave you that idea. That's right. Yeah. So... The reason why this is uh, a really interesting movie to talk about the topic of politics right now is politicians, their number one job is to work for the people. Their number two job is to get the people to want them to work for them. And the number three job is to get reelected. Yeah. That, well, <laughs> right. that's that's what I mean by the number <laughs> yeah, two job. Yeah, yeah. To get the people to want them to re, to work for them. Yeah, yeah. Which is which equ- equates getting their vote. Yes. Good point. So in order to get someone's vote, you have it's like saying, Michael, don't vote for me. But yeah. now you're thinking of voting for me, so maybe you're going to vote for me right. because I told you not to vote for me. Yeah. However, you know that I am the one who told you not to vote for you. Yeah. Well, so that information came from Chelsea, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So it's 
It's a really interesting way to tie into politics. Like if you think of any ad campaigns anybody runs, if the NRA says don't vote for this person uh-huh. because they have a bad gun score, yeah, then the Democrats would vote for that person because they want someone to have a bad gun score. Right. Get yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So everybody in the campaigning zone of the of politics, they are trying to use inception. They're trying to plant an idea in other people's heads that they then use without realizing they're using it. Don't you think? Yeah, for sure. No, for I mean, a thousand percent, yeah. Literally campaigning is is yeah. also the movie Inception. Yeah, I, I, I remember, I forgot who wrote it, but there was a great um, argument that Inception was movies themselves. It was Christopher Nolan talking about like when you're in a movie, you're dreaming with other people and you're sharing the world. But politics is mm. also a great a great representation of what Inception is. It's, it's a... It's better than just movies because you're watching a movie and then you're saying this is a, is a movie. It's just meta for no good reason. Right. But, but politics is a better example because we talk about how politics reflect movies all the time, right? And so you're saying like we're all sharing an idea of what is happening based on something that was put into our heads or some some perspective, right? We're all sharing the same perspective of the world right. moving forward. And that's what Inception is. We're all going to share the perspective and move forward together. Yeah. Right. But yeah. so I – so. The reality is, like, it kind of comes down to who's planting the best seeds of information in our heads yeah. to get us to do what what they want us to do, which is vote for them. Right. So, I mean, this is a really, uh, like, pessimistic way to look at it. It is what it is. I, I think part of what we're, we're touching upon is, like, is, is free will a real thing or not, right? Right. It's like, are you... Can you, if somebody plants an idea in your head, do you have agency to choose whether or not to use it, right? So it could be pessimistic if you're like dystopian. You'd be like, oh, once they plant in, in in my head, I have no choice but to follow through on it. Right. But another way of thinking about it, and you may disagree, but like, yeah, that that, that is the point. We're going to plant the good ideas or someone's going to like the empathetic ideas and reinforce those ideas that we're all in it together. We all share this common goal or we owe things to each other that are empathetic and then move together. You know? Yeah, but you're yeah. specifically talking about the Democratic side. It when I mean, you can on the same coin, you can say mm-hmm. that Trump was planting inception into on his side and that's how he became elected because he planted I mean Trump is like the inception master. Yeah. No, let's He's give him some credit. He's truly yeah. getting people to say the words crooked Hillary. Yeah. I know people personally who've said out loud, oh, blah, 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 crooked Hillary. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right. sorry, but if you're saying that, you're only saying that because you heard him say it. Yeah. Or because you heard somebody else who heard him say it. Right. Like yeah. there is a, that is a seed of information that mm-hmm. was planted somewhere and it's trickled down. Yeah. And you, you know, you can follow that through with maybe if you can find something that you think that he did or said that's really positive, you can you can latch on to that. So for us to say that it's the it's the good things and the yeah. empathetic things, yeah. that's saying that the Democrats are the only good ones. Yeah. So you can't do that either. Okay. It's it's seeds of information being planted and then hoping that what that you get the outcome you want. So like in the movie Inception, yes. the whole point is they're trying to plant this idea in this guy's head that he will sell his father's massive, like really profitable company. Right. As his father's dying. As his, yeah. Well, his father had just passed away. Right, right, now yeah. that he's going to inherit it, that he'll sell this company. And the somebody else who's like a competing person, um, the other businessman who's paying for all of this. Right. I can't remember anybody's names, but he wants he wants this to happen. And he says, when we wake up and I can see if this is going to go my way, mm-hmm. then he'll, he'll let Leonardo DiCaprio back in the United States because he's got all these ties or whatever. Yeah, he can see his kids again. So they go through this whole movie of Inception, and it's still possible that they all wake up in this plane and the guy's like, nope, still not going to sell it. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, you've got people on the far left and people on the far right, and there's nothing you can do to change them from voting down the party line ticket. Right. You Maybe they're impenetrable to right. this concept of inception. The 40% on the left and the 40% on the right will do 
the same thing no matter what. And so the reality is, I think the inception can be seen as like this really negative, like, you know, pessimistic thing. However, it also means that you have the capability of change. Yeah. And as Obama, as Obama would say, right. to evolve. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're right. So these are all the things we're talking about. And um, so let's talk about what, what did Connor Lamb do in order to win in an area where Trump won by 20 votes? The, the first thing that's 20 in, points. The first thing about Connor Lamb that's interesting to me is that he's not interesting at all. <laughs> uh, he's really kind of like He's kind of attractive. He is a good-looking guy. Mm-hmm. He was a marine. He's on the younger he's like younger than me, right? He's like 33 years old. So Well, you just told everybody how old you are. <laughs> well, older than 33, that's for sure. Um uh, he he was a marine uh, and a, and a prosecutor. Now that's what he, his day job was. And then he goes, you know, I'm going to run. They recruited him. I believe the Democratic Party recruited him, and they were looking for recruits who who fit a certain profile, who had some okay. kind of um, presence when it came to national security or the military. They liked having um, candidates with the military background because it gave them credibility in, ter- in terms of like national security. Okay. Right, because it, it, it felt like a weak point, right? That was very reactive, right? The, the Republicans felt strong in terms of national security. Democrats felt weak. We're going to recruit candidates who have national security background, therefore, who are strong in all our other categories. So it accounts for the weakness that we perceived we had, which is not necessarily true. There's no reason a nurture and parent must be weak on... Um, national security, like we discussed a couple of times before, like FDR was a nurturing parent. He's like, Arsenal democracy, we're going to defend democracy from fascism. Like, you can be strong, you can be military, militaristic. But, you know, Democrats started recruiting um, candidates like Connor Lambs, like, all right, you were a Marine, obviously you're a tough guy, but you can also be nurtured. You know, you, you can provide both aspects of it, right? So, uh, but then he ran really, really down the middle. Right, he wasn't like mm-hmm. Medicare for all. He wasn't like universal basic income. He wasn't a Bernie crowd or anything like that. He was in the suburbs of Pittsburgh, and he goes, "I'm going to hold on to Medicare, hold on to Medicaid, hold on to Social Security, and uh, that's it. That's my kind of my platform." <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't like he wasn't like um, Trump is the reincarnation of some of Mussolini or anything. Right? Like that. Yeah. He was like, "All right, that guy is no good for us." And here's why I will be good for you. And it got right back to the message. And the messages of Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security is the we owe something to each other, right? We are going to take care of each other, mm-hmm. right? That was his position. We are going to take care of each other. And it's a, it's a message that resonated, right? And do you think that, yeah. just in your personal opinion, right. do you think that he ran his ticket that way his platform that way because the DNC told him to or because that's really what he believes? Uh, I, I Listen, cynically, I believe that... No, no, cynically, not even cynically, but like I believe that that's what he actually believed in. Yeah, I, th- I think on some level, like the DNC wasn't like, oh, you shouldn't talk about this other stuff. I think he... he Kind of, he was a product of his environment too. He, he's from that area, right? He's a product, of, and he knows what people around. He's going to represent those constituents, mm-hmm. and he was like, "This is what we should stand for, right?" And there's no reason to say like, because he even he, he was like, "Yes, and right." So they, yes, the Affordable Care Act, and we're going to improve it. Mm-hmm. Yes, Medicaid, and we're going to do better. You know, see, so he wasn't like, "Oh, we're going to throw away the Affordable Care Act and do single payer." He goes, we're going to build on it, and it'll get to Medicare for All, and it'll get to basically everybody being taken care of, which is the moral position you want, Mm -hmm. versus the policy details one way or the other. So what you're saying is he's taking some improv classes. (laughs) Yeah, clearly. Yes, and is the key of improv. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Who knows he was doing the Marines, but clearly there was some. (laughs) Give me a location. Give me a location. (laughs) (laughs) But if he... Right, back that. (laughs) If he really had taken improv classes, maybe he wouldn't be as boring as you (laughs) believe that he is. It's funny because when Trump said, like, oh, I was better looking than him when I was younger, it it was factually ridiculous. Because he wasn't, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it, it goes to his. Trump has these instincts to attack people where they are strong, actually, which oh, is interesting. Like yeah. he sees a really attractive person. Yeah, Conor Lamb is like a good-looking guy uh, by the metrics of a politician. 
Right. right. He he's looks not, very much like a politician. Yeah, he's not good looking by the standards of Hollywood as we are out here, right? Sure. We're not like, oh, that guy would, should be in movies or anything, right? right? We're like, oh, for a politician, he's a handsome guy. Yeah. And, and Trump instinctively understands that's the strength of his, so he goes right after it. It's very, he, he's got these... He's he's got like these instincts right away. Wait, so if yeah. you're saying, if, since you say that, yeah. when we see him go after someone in a sp- yeah. specific area, should should that be like a flag? Like, oh, this that means that person's really great at that. Yeah, no, no, that that means Connor Land A is both good looking and Trump it knows he isn't. Okay, okay, yeah. so let's take that. Yeah, and and we'll come back to Connor Land, but let's take that and discuss about what's happening in the news by the minute, by the hour, going on over the course of a weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, being that Andrew McCabe is fired two days before he's going to Vindictively retire. Vindictively fired. Yeah, I yeah. mean, fired in a way that I don't care what side of the party line you're you're on. Right. That's like completely unacceptable. So Andrew McCann was the deputy director of the FBI. He took over once Comey was uh, fired. <laughs> he right, was fired right. Right? Yeah, in Los Angeles yeah, on the 405 LA. on the way to LAX. I know. I was like, huh? A lot of things happen on the 405. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I believe it. Right. Um, and then he took over, but for the last 90 days or so, he hasn't been in charge um, because he's been embroiled in like, these political issues. Uh, and then they. Um, yeah, he, he was going to get his, like, extended pension on Sunday, and then Friday afternoon they fired him, which prevented him from getting his pension, right? Right. Which is so, so... The reason why it's it's so dirty and yeah. just nasty... Right. ...is that, as Americans, the concept of the American dream where you work really hard and you give yourself in service to whatever your job is or yeah. especially to the country, right? A job where you're in service to the country. Right. Genuinely I, I in mean, service to the country and not like these these yahoos Trump has in his cabinet no, I'm who are pilfering about, the country. I'm saying you yeah. can put him in line with yeah. like military people, yeah, yeah. which lots of times are Republicans. Yeah. Like service to the country right. for their life. They work X number of years and they get a pension this is something that if this was a like a big military leader right. and a Republican and Obama were to have done that, right. I mean, end of the world. Yeah. And n- not to mention that Obama wouldn't have done it. But right. in fact, I'm not saying Obama, just Obama wouldn't have done it. Right. George W. wouldn't have done it. Yeah. George Sr. wouldn't have done it. Yeah. I don't think this is a thing that any of our past presidents would uh, George, have done. George Sr., as a reminder, was the director of the CIA in his own time. And oh, I didn't know that. And he was a Navy that. pilot. Uh, before that, so he had he he's at least a, a, there's a level of respect, a, a level of character, there and like I disagree with you, but I'm not yeah. going to take away your retirement and your pension and the 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 next thirty years of your life of yeah. how you were planning on living out the the rest the the next thirty years. Yeah, I'm taking away all of your freedom. Right. That's that's just not. I mean, we're seeing both Republicans and Democrats coming out to say that that's like completely unacceptable. Yeah, yeah. But so for Trump to to do this to him, yeah, feels very like a personal attack. For sure. I mean, he he Trump himself made a personal attack when he tweeted about it. Yeah. 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 So what are we saying about Andrew McCabe? W- what is Trump saying about Andrew McCabe by making this personal, crazy attack? Yeah, so Trump is discrediting the witnesses who will be called against him uh, proactively, right? So he, right. he understands that he, he's weak in terms of, to the degree that Comey is reliable and to the degree that McCabe is reliable as an individual, right? Then he is vulnerable to whatever they say. So he, you're, yeah. what you're saying is Comey and McCabe are people who, because of their job and their past experiences and the way they carry themselves when they say something we believe it yes exactly so he he is preempt he's picking a fight with them preemptively to bias whatever they're saying in anybody else's eyes because people who listen to and see trump whether they're on his side or not he says something most people don't believe it yeah so he did the same thing it's exactly the playbook he had with the uh the judge remember he's like oh the judge can't rule on this case because he's mexican remember he's like oh and i'm i want to build a wall with mexico right so what he was saying was basically um if the judge rules against me then he is biased once he picked a fight with him and the whole point of a judge is that they're supposed to be the most unbiased person ever exactly so he picks a fight with comey he picks a fight with mccabe so anything they say is that necessarily biased 
because they're fighting. But what he's literally doing is draw, taking a highlighter and drawing a line over like, this is the thing you absolutely should respect this person for. Yeah, no, no, which is like the other aspect of it where he was like drawing so much attention to where he's vulnerable. Right. Right. So he's attacking them because they're strong. Right. And right. he knows he's vulnerable. He's attacking. They're strong in terms of like they can prosecute him on, on various levels. So he has to attack them and be like, oh, but you're biased because he's vulnerable against what they're going to say. About him. So here's an interesting yeah. argument that I was having with someone recently. Well, yeah. I think we we're on the same. I'm side. not saying smart. I'm just saying that's what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this this was something that I found to be really interesting, that the idea that the reason Trump and his team are constantly saying that the Democrats are cheating and Hillary was stealing and cheating and she's yeah. crooked. Uh-huh. There, there's this whole concept of the other side is cheating and stealing. That the reason they keep saying that yes. is because his team is cheating and stealing and lying so much. It it only The only thing that they can believe is that the other side is doing just as much as they are. That, that's very true. And I believe that theory a lot. Like when, when you yourself are a crook, you believe other people are crooks. Right. Because yeah. like it's so easy for me to steal. Yeah. Of course you're stealing. Obviously you're doing the same thing I'm doing. Right. right? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you be? Yeah. And that's, that's that whole line of like, it's like, of course I'm eating. You're right. eating. Yeah. We're all alive. Aren't we all at the buffet? Aren't, aren't, aren't we, we all, all like, eating? Yeah. Aren't, don't, aren't we all eaters? <laughs> Look at all this shrimp around here. Are you, you know, yeah. like double fisting. Yeah, it, like right? if I see a pile of third, if I see like three hundred cocktail shrimp at a party, yeah, you can bet that I will eat until I'm like, yeah. oh, no more shrimp. <laughs> yeah, I'm elbowing you out I, for that. And when I see other people not eating all the shrimp at a party, I'm yeah. like, is there something wrong with the shrimp? Yeah. Is there something yeah. wrong with is, you? Is it? I don't understand. Are shrimp not keto anymore? Is that? Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. What's what's going on? Yeah. And then I leave the party and I say, oh my god, there's so many shrimp. It was like we all couldn't stop eating the shrimp. Right. Everybody was eating all the shrimp. <laughs> Because if I'm eating all the shrimp, I assume everybody else is. Yes. So he constantly is saying other people are crooked, other people are cheating, other people are stealing, and other people are lying. And because he himself is a crooked stealer, a liar, and a, yeah. I think so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He is, more than anyone, drawing, draw, taking a giant highlighter yeah. and drawing circles around all of the obvious points. Yeah. Which leads me to believe that <laughs> Mueller's literally days away. <laughs> He's but, got he's got him in his sights, but you know, so so Connor Lamb is not about the Trump though. So it's interesting because Connor Lamb is like this run of the mill Democrat. He won in Trump country, and then there's there's another element, right? There's the resistance, which we love, mm-hmm. and their resistance is anti-Trump because Trump is going to corrupt our institutes of democracy. Mm-hmm. The resistance standing up against it, as they should because we need somebody to stand up for the, mm-hmm. you know, the resistance is about Trump is a wannabe tyrant. Right, and it's negotiable to the degree that he's sophisticated enough to be a tyrant. He's he's kind of like a wannabe like Trump family business <laughs> head, you know? Like he he thinks like the whole thing should be like Trump family business. Yeah. He's not like so sophisticated enough to think it through and be like, this is how government should work. Right. He's like, oh, now I'm in charge, and that's how it should work if I'm in charge, right? Right, because it's the Trump family business. Yeah. Well, it, he did just have people sign NDAs as if it were a Trump family business. It's bananas. Yeah, but the resistance is all about uh, the. Re- um, fighting against the totalitarianism that is encroaching upon a democracy, which we need, right? We, we can't allow this to happen because we, we don't know if we'll ever get democracy back. Connor Lamb was not about that. Connor Lamb wasn't about the resistance, which was interesting because the resistance will tell you that like, you need to be of the resistance to respond to Trump. And he wasn't really a response to Trump. He was a return to civility. It kind of reminded me of all people. If, not that he's as charismatic as Mr. Obama, <laughs> as our, our our good president. But, you know, when, when Obama said there is no uh, conservative America, there's no liberal America, there's only the United States of America, mm-hmm. what he was saying, it, it was a return to civility, it was a return to hope, it was a return to not the you versus me, but a common ground, which mm-hmm. is inspiring to the nurturing parent. Right. It activates a nurturing parent frame to talk about things in that way. And Connor Lamb instinctively, or maybe didn't, well, I don't know, I don't know the man personally, but he understood that's, that message would resonate. It would activate the nurturing parent frame right now. And he got a, he got much more of the vote than you would have expected from the, the uh, 
2016 elections in right. that district because of it, right? He goes, listen, we're here to take care of each other. That's what Medicaid is about. That's what Medicare is about. That's what Social Security is about. And that's what I'm going to stand for. I'm standing for taking care of other people. Mm-hmm. Nurturing, parent, friend. There's no left versus right. I'm not here to oppose Trump. I'm not here to have be in the culture where fight people. I'm here to take care of people, right? And that right. resonates with the nurturing parent. And, you know, a lot of people on the left are saying, like, well, on the right, they're getting radical. They're getting radical because the, the strict father is activated by that. He's activated by wanting to impose authority on other people. Mm-hmm. The nurturing parent is not activated by radicalism. The nurturing parent is activated by, by again, empathy, by taking care of people. And, yeah, it was a, it was a great story. It was great to see him win uh, being mundane, <laughs> being boring. <laughs> So, listen, so going into the midterms and the rest of these elections, although don't we have one more special election coming up before the midterms? Yeah, um, we we might have a few. It it remains to be seen, yeah. But, like, and what's interesting about Conor Lamb is, like, he won't even have a district in November. Right, I know. He has to, like, run again or something. So, Pennsylvania, uh, the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania declared that the the congressional districts were unconstitutional the way they were drawn because they were gerrymandered in such a way that right. disenfranchised people. So they right. had to redraw the districts. So the district he won will not exist because they'll be redrawn in November. And then I, so he, I guess I don't he'll know have to run again for, I don't know, I don't even know what he's running for. In, right. But, but what in, in this snapshot of time, he won in Pennsylvania 18. Right. Pennsylvania is a lot of people. 18, they got more than that. I think they had like 24 or something. Right. So yeah. they, yeah. <laughs> um, in Pennsylvania 18, he won. In Pennsylvania 18, was will look different in. Uh, and even though it'll look different, and even though he'll have to run again, and maybe or maybe he not, he'll yeah. he'll win. What he did is actually sort of get people hopeful and excited for the midterms because yes. it means Doug Jones wasn't just a fluke. Yeah, for sure. Now it's like okay, two for two. Yeah. So moving into the midterms, do you think that? the way Democrats can win is by planting inception of the middle of the road, boring politician. Yeah, I I do think, I do think that's a valuable, I think that's a viable criticism of Trump. The mundane criticism we talked a few times on the show is a viable criticism of him also, right? So there's the criticism of him as the totalitarian wannabe. And there's the criticism of him that he just doesn't care about people. Right. right. It's like, all right, yeah, he's like a Cheeto, wackadoo, orange <laughs> lunatic. Yes, that is true. Right. That aside, he still doesn't care about you. Right. Right. And so, like, when we had like all these like episodes we had on on healthcare, remember we were terrified they're going to take away our healthcare. Yeah. We were like, oh my god, can you just leave it alone for a minute? And now they've actually left it alone this year. Yeah. And we're like, we forgot what it felt like last year when we we're like, oh my god, are you taking away our healthcare? Can you stop it? Can you yeah. leave it? Can <laughs> you leave it alone? Can you not? <laughs> you know. And and Connor Lamb shows up. He goes, listen, what what's government supposed to do? It's supposed to take care of you on some basic level, mm-hmm. give you healthcare on some basic level that you cannot otherwise provide because of the vagaries of luck and circumstance, right? And that's it. That's You know, he's not like out there like revolutionizing right. the American democratic experiment. He's like, listen, here are some options government has. The government has the option of taking care of you. I think it should take care of you. So I like that word experiment because do you think, part of me thinks like, Maybe that's one way of looking at this whole Trump saga <laughs> yeah. is that we're just in a large experiment. Yeah. We're, and we're yeah. Like almost like um which we talked about on a previous episode, uh divergent. Yes. Like are is the United States of America in an experiment and Canada is just like watching us all on monitors? <laughs> yeah. And they're right. just like, "Oh man, we're they're still a lot they're still going." I mean, we thought after <laughs> we thought after Stormy Daniels showed up, uh, it definitely would be over. <laughs> right, yeah. And then and Canada's like, okay, well, what else do we throw at these guys now? <laughs> right. But is Canada is a fascinating example because, like, you, they must look at us. And, and I've read some criticisms of, of Monsieur Trudeau, right? They're like, mm-hmm. oh, you think from America he's liberal, but he's not liberal enough because he won't do, like, 19 radical things I have on my agenda. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, everything you mention is, like, so wackadoo to Americans, we would never even, like, it's not even in the political conversation right. <laughs> that you mentioned. Like, they're so far towards, like, they're so progressive. Like, it, their politics don't even, like, resemble ours anymore. But I appreciate yeah. the fact that 
that Canada is is really, for the most part, staying out of the United States craziness. Right. I mean, really staying out, even with this most recent thing where apparently Trump lied to Trudeau about uh, the tax deficit, deficit. How do you say that word? Deficit. That's the trade why. deficit. He lied to him about the trade deficit. It's one of those words I only read yeah. and never say out loud. Trade deficit is the hey, it means you learned it in the book, right? I know. Yeah. <laughs> trade deficit is like the dumbest. We should have a whole episode on it. It's the dumbest thing to complain about. So we all have a trade deficit with Target, right? Because we go to Target, we, and we and buy Tar- a bunch of stuff. And Target never buys anything from us. <laughs> Target never buys anything. It goes. Is, That's not true. What? I bought uh, two safety girl leg razors, and right. they gave me a five dollar gift card back. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So that's but, a but, surplus. But we spent more than. I did spend more than the five dollars. So, so you still waited for Target to come to your house and buy stuff from you <laughs> to, to like balance his. Yeah, deficit. it's a little. Do it's you, rough. Do you think Target robbed you blind in this transaction? No, I mean I got something for it. Yeah, exactly. So it's like America's rich. We I got something money. from Target that I couldn't make myself. Exactly. I can't make myself like shave razors right or you could but it'd take a hundred hours why would you for the the three dollars they cost why right. would you bother well actually razors are pretty expensive now but all still right. i don't shave that often <laughs> so <don't ask> <laughs> I, have you seen my beard uh, <laughs> yeah so it's like this like trade deficit means you're rich and you're buying stuff from other people who can make it for cheap right but my point is yeah. that whole thing is like Trump says he lied about it, and then yeah. maybe he never even said it at all. And Canada is just like, yeah, we don't know what you're talking about. So Canada is one of the few countries in the world. I think the Britain is the only other country that they have a trade deficit with us. So they buy more America than we buy Canada. So Canada is so cold that they just there's so much Canadian tourism. So Canada comes oh. to America and buys America. You know, if Amer- if a Canadian comes to Los Angeles and buys a hotel room for a week, they're buying part of America for a week. That That's an export, you know. Oh. That tour- you know, if you count that as tourism. Okay. And so then we're like, okay, but then we buy so much maple syrup from them. How much maple syrup have they bought from us? Yeah, they haven't bought that much maple syrup from us because <laughs> they have all the maple syrup they need. I get it, you know. But we had this thing called sunshine. Yeah. We had this thing called <laughs> warmth. Uh-huh. We had these things called beaches. Yeah. <laughs> and Canadians are like flocking down to America to get all this stuff from us. So Canada, right. Canada is one of the only countries in the world that buys more America than we buy Canada. Because the only thing we buy from Canada is like some wood, some maple syrup, and some like milk or something, some cows. Or That's it. Okay. That's all we buy from Canada. And so Canada then, buys all the America they can get their hands on. So then it's like such a weird thing that Trump said in the first place. But yeah. It's like it's like Canada. Oh, are you are you questioning Trump's uh, grasp on policy details? <laughs> Is that what you're doing, Chelsea? You're like, I, I'm confused because like Trump should know better. It <laughs> seems like he would know how like the government works. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I have a schoolhouse rock clip <laughs> yeah. I can show him right. about making a bill into a law, but yeah. I'm pretty sure Stephen Colbert already tried that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, so that's the thing. Like, I guess. When we're talking about, like, all this weird inception stuff that, right. uh, for lack of a better word, I, I'm now I'm just using it for, you know, Trump's way of, like, getting people to do stuff or believe yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's like he can't, like, there are a couple countries that are, like, can't be affected. Yeah. Canada's one of them. I, you know, there's definitely countries that want to make deals with him mm-hmm. or want to believe him. Right. And then there's countries that are going to hate him. Right. But if you hate him, you're still buying what he's saying. You're buying it, what he's selling. In what way? If you hate him, you believe he's going to follow through on whatever promise. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes There are That's times where I think that I we shouldn't care so much. Yeah. When he mentioned this whole thing about the tariffs. Right. And Europe is really pissed. And, I mean, everybody's super upset. Yes. Canada's really upset. Mexico's really upset. So one way is saying that because they're so upset, he's pull, he's backing off. Yes. And so it's important to get upset. hmm Another way to look at it is he's not going to put tariffs on Canada and Mexico. So why are we even bothering to get upset? Because by bothering to get upset... We're acting like we believe in the lie that he's telling us. That's a great point. Yeah. I'm not trying to. I am oversimplifying it. Yeah. I'm not trying to, but I am 
oversimplifying this because it's way more complicated than that. And if we don't say, hey, that's not okay," when he says something that's not okay, we're not standing up for ourselves. And he would potentially just blow us over with these things. But what it's also doing is like his lying and his like ridiculous new policy and our tumultuous response. Right. Us buying into this inception he's giving us yeah. is now the new norm. Yeah, no, the, you, you, that's a great point because we're we're defending where he's attacking, yeah, rather than attacking where we're strong, right? We're, we're not we're not right. putting out energy like, oh, he's attacking that area. Let's let's all rush there and defend that area instead of like, oh, let's all ignore that attack because it's meaningless, right? And the rush to do what we want to do, which what we commended the Parkland kids from doing last week, right? And honestly, yeah. I want to commend McCabe and his people for doing that. Yeah. Because their new statements have been, um, everything that you've said is a complete lie. Right. And everyone will find out. Yeah. And, and it's like, th- their strength <laughs> is that they know what's truth and what's not truth. Yeah. And they also know that someone is doing something about it, which is the whole Mueller Russia probe. Why are we even calling it the Russia probe? Like, which, what should we call it? I'm listening. I mean, the corruption probe. I'm no. I mean, now it's like Brangelina. It's like <laughs> Brangelina. We're turning a, a really Benifer. Call yeah, the Brangelina and the Benefers of politics. Jennifer Garner deserves better than that. that. Well, she's on her own now. Uh, I didn't you see that? I just saw like I was in the supermarket today and I oh, saw who like she uh, no, she's trying to get back with Ben Affleck now. Uh, whatever. Anyway, that's the whole thing on in a, of its own. Yeah. Listen, Jennifer Garner, twenty twenty eight, twenty twenty. No, she's ready now. Twenty twenty. <laughs> Jennifer Garner, twenty twenty, baby. Jennifer Garner, twenty twenty. I think we should yeah. do all Jennifers. <laughs> yeah, Jennifer Jennifer Garner Garner twenty twenty. Jennifer Lawrence twenty twenty eight. We're all we're good. We're, we're good. We're good. We'll be. 16 years of beauty. Of beauty. Of Jennifer Beauties. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston will still be hot in like 16 years. Right. We can just pick her up then. Yeah. Um, but no, but what, I'm, what I mean is like to, to dumb down what's going on with Mueller mm-hmm. and the special counsel and right. calling it the Russia probe. Sure. Every point. time Trump says Russia probe, mm-hmm. uh, he's making it a Brangelina and a Benefer. Yeah, that's a good point. When that's a good point. Yeah. What we really should be calling it yeah. is like... Oh, man, I just put myself on the spot here. But we should be calling it, like, the United States of America's special counsel 2.5. Yeah. Like, we should give it the weight and the respect that it deserves. Right. So what do we now... So we call the what happened with Nixon, we call it the Watergate scandal. And Watergate was just the hotel that the thing happened in. Right. Yeah. Right. But... We're call- when we hear Watergate or Watergate scandal or mm-hmm. Watergate anything, what we're thinking of is what Nixon did. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. But we're not thinking of the prosecution of Nixon. Right. So the Russia probe is not what Trump did. We don't even fully know or understand what him or any of his people did. Wow, that's subtle and true. That's a good point. Yeah. So we should not be calling it the Russia probe. We should be calling it something that has to do with the prosecution. Yeah. We should call it the 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 campaign crimes or something. The campaign crimes committee or the the campaign malfeasance or the something that I like evokes. This. I like where you're going. Yeah, yeah. Something that evokes what they did. Versus what they're exploring, right? So it's the like, 2016 campaign investigation. Yeah, the campaign investigation, or the you know the um, the selling America up the river, right? <laughs> the, right? The 2016 the, selling the, America up the river. Yeah, the the USSR buys and buys and sells the United States. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's why I mentioned corruption because it, it comes back to they were willing to do whatever they wanted out of the interest of people who would pay them to do it. You know, you know, Manafort was clearly in the pocket of, you know, certain Russian interests. Right. Right. And it seems clear the the easiest, the most logical explanation for much of Trump's behavior is that he is also in some way indebted to foreign actors. Right. Even as president. Yeah. Well, someone um, someone just wrote in response to um, Trump's lawyer. Yeah. And I believe this. I believe this was about Stormy Daniels. Honestly, there's so many scandals right now. You're right. Could be wrong. Right. But the the res, the comment was, 
Mr. Dowd, you should start if you're if your client is really innocent, you yes. should start acting like he is. You should start acting it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He doesn't act like they, he is. No, no. Yeah. I mean, they're basically waving giant flags that say Trump is guilty. Trump is like on the 405 in a white Ford Bronco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. get back to that. Yeah. And there's helicopters pointing <laughs> yeah. at them. Yeah. And he goes, why are you chasing me to Brentwood? As <laughs> he's like driving five miles per hour. <laughs> right, exactly. He goes, this, there's nothing to see here. I'm just... Meanwhile, <laughs> Trump's lawyer is yelling out the window if the glove don't fit you yeah. have, must have quit <laughs> yeah he's got I, he's got johnny crockett on his side so it's like let's yeah. get on the same page here yeah but i mean that's the thing i think i think that we are all trump is guilty of planning inception yeah i think all politicians are and for us to deny that they are and not not in a totally negative way. Mm-hmm. Like, they're trying to sell you something, so they have to tell you what they're trying to sell, and they're mm-hmm. trying to get you to believe what they're yeah, selling. Yeah, I'm trying to sell, I'm Connor Lamb, and I'm trying to sell you that we need to take care of each other. Yes. And I want you to buy that from me. Yeah. And if you don't, if not enough people want to buy that from me, I go out of business, and I don't get elected. Yeah. So if Trump not seven hundred more people. It was a very close election. Yeah, right. So, so Trump Trump yeah. sold all all of what he sold. I yeah. don't even want to go back to that. <laughs> right. But then, since he's been in office, he's trying to sell. He's trying to sell us air. Yeah, he's trying to sell us oxygen. Oxygen. He's trying to sell us a, a bridge to Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, and and we're all sitting here yelling, the oxygen's already free. You can't sell me something that's already you can't. Yeah. Or you, the oxygen's already free. You can't sell it to me. Yeah. The uh, there's already enough oxygen. There's a surplus of oxygen. I don't need yours. Right. There's like there's we're coming up with all these arguments of why he can't sell us the oxygen. Meanwhile, in all reality, are we're writing checks for that oxygen? Yeah. We're buying it because yeah. we're talking about it because point. we're yeah. living this level of inception. Right. And. You know, he, he, he's almost set the world for us to like play in and then we're like trapped in it instead right. of creating our own world. Like, and so yeah. I I really hope that the best thing that can the, the part of the problem is that because he's the president, we have to. Yeah. Because after McCabe was fired, I said to someone, Wait, why can't he Trump is 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 behaving so erratically. Yeah. Why can't we as a country go, no, you can't fire him. No, you can't fire all these people. Right. And the response I got from whoever I said this to was, we can. It's called impeachment. Well, I mean, we got a few more months before we... I know, <laughs> yeah. but that's my point. Yeah. Is like, is until, as for as long as this person is president, we've given him the keys to the yeah. country. And if he wants to sell us oxygen, we have to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. So I this is this is me imploring people to to really consider the fact that impeachment is important and uh, it will be a necessary thing. Yeah. Because there's no other way to rid ourselves of this disease. Because we to put go back to the movie Inception, yeah. we are currently in limbo. Mm-hmm. And we're all twisting our little totems and our you know, the little right. top thing. And yeah. it's spinning forever and ever and ever and ever. And we're, and, ever. and we're just watching it spin going, yeah. why can't we get out of here? Yeah. Wow, that's... This re- it's a really dark view. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so Michael... Yes. The ending of Inception... Yes. ...is one of those question marks for people. Yeah. Did he get out? Did he not get out? Is he in the real world? Is he in limbo? My position, spoiler alert. <laughs> my position: He's in the real world because otherwise the, the movie wouldn't have any. So the the movie wouldn't matter if he didn't make it out, right? So I, I'm the, that's the only reason I believe he kind of made it out. Also, the totem wasn't his. The spinning top was his wife's totem. Yeah. So it wouldn't matter whether or not it kept spinning or not to him, because that wasn't his totem. Nobody was using it as he his He was totem. using it. But but um I think he got out. I think and so there are other twist movies that people like over index. So like talk about like Sixth Sense, right? Oh yeah. And like, oh I see dead people. Mm-hmm. That was real that twist really mattered to the movie. Right. It wasn't just a twist for the sake of being a twist. 
No, it, it was like the then you're realizing what the premise of the movie it, was. Yeah, and then you realize that Bruce Willis needs the kid, and the kid needs Bruce Willis. They yeah. need each other, and it was all about their relationship, right? Yeah, it really came together. And and all the bad M Night Shyamalan movies are when there's a twist and nothing matters, right? So so I almost believe that. Whoa, whoa, whoa real quick. Yeah. Which ones are those? All the other ones he's ever made. <laughs> How do you feel about the village? Yeah, that's one of the ones I'm, I'm mentioning that. There, there is, I, there's a part of me that loves the village. There's a part of me that I was like, uh, I want my time back. <laughs> ah, but there was. Uh... Yeah, but the, the sixth sense I generally think is a masterpiece. So you're saying that. In Inception, whether how do you feel about the ending doesn't really matter about how you feel about the movie. I'm saying if it's the real world and the movie is glorious and great and interesting and fascinating, and if it's not the real world, I think the movie is stupid. Okay. And 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 we'll talk about another oh. movie I just watched. Yeah, go ahead. Wait, wait, yeah, wait. Yeah. Okay, so that means yes to pull it full circle. Please, yeah. <laughs> that means if Trump is reelected. Yes. And we, if Trump is reelected uh-huh. in three years, right. the ending of the movie is that he didn't get out into reality. Oh, my God. <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? Oh, my God. I do get what you're saying. The reason you think that's what the ending <laughs> yeah. of the movie is yeah. is because you also believe that government will right itself, that democracy is just, that we will find justice, that democracy is supreme, and that maybe we'll win back in the midterms, but he definitely won't be reelected. Because how could a president who's done all of these terrible, awful, crazy things, including, f- like, defrauding the United States of America, be reelected? That that's not possible. Yes. That's not reality. Yes. But I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> there, that is possible. You're stabbing me and twisting the knife. I am at because the same time. because that's the thing. Like yeah. I, I also what I'm I don't watch Inception and go. Yeah. Absolutely, he's in reality. Mm-hmm. I say, God, I hope he found reality. Ah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And that's where I'm at right now with like God. I hope our country can see our way through this. And and there's it. We have history behind us that mm-hmm. says that Americans and people of this country will always find democracy and will always find justice. We have things in our past to point to. Yeah. We also have things in our past to point to that says we sometimes do not. Yes, it says we lost in the forest for a while. We can also yeah. point to other countries. Yeah. To show that it's possible that the human race in other countries are not mm-hmm. capable. Putin was just reelected. Air quotes reelected. Yeah, but yeah, how, yeah. how long has he... He's been in power for like 18 years or yeah. something? Yeah, again, air quotes. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but so he was just reelected and the president of China, it, they removed term limits and he can be the president until the day that he dies. President air quote again. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. still, right. you know. Yeah. Uh, Kim Jong-un. Yeah, well, I mean, he doesn't even pretend. Right, he's yeah. not even pretending. Right. However, the other two at least are, like, trying to pretend. <laughs> they don't go to the Supreme Leader or whatever. Right. Yeah. But the, uh, you know, who who's to say? That's yeah. three instances today, mm-hmm. not five years ago, not 20 years ago, yeah. today. Mm-hmm. Who is to say that we don't have Mr. President Trump in 15 years from now? Yeah. I mean, his his cholesterol, but otherwise, you're right. Yeah, his yeah. cholesterol yeah. is definitely staying in the way. Yeah. His so, cheeseburger habit. <laughs> otherwise, you're right. You're so right. that's the thing. Like, I the, 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 there there is a uh, a non-zero threat of a a failure, a constitutional crisis that will preclude him being unelected by another person. You're right. Yeah. Whoa, that was a really complex statement. Yeah, you're saying that I, Unpack I, that. I I I'm agreeing with you that there is a chance there won't be. Uh, another president until he dies, basically. I, I agree with you. Like, there's a chance that he gets reelected, and then four more years later, our constitutional character changes, and then he just continues being president until he somehow croaks. Yeah. He'll eventually croak, and then we'll have somebody else. You know, like, democracy as we know it is in some ways threatened by his presence. And yeah. I view that possibility yeah. as Leonardo DiCaprio being stuck in limbo at the end of that movie. I need a totem. Yeah, <laughs> I need the tops. I need, to we need stop to start spinning. getting totems. <laughs> yeah. We need tops to stop spinning. And in this when country. people ask, I'm going to be yeah. like, "Well, I'm holding on to this until yeah. Trump is no longer the president because I'm very confused about what's real and what's not real." Uh, I want to close this episode on something we started this podcast about was about um, 
because we kept calling Connor Lamb a moderate, mm-hmm. and we started this podcast with the premise that moderates do not actually exist. Right. right? He's really a biconceptual. A biconceptual. So you have a nurturing parent frame, you have a strict father frame, and you activate one or the other. Mm-hmm. And what Connor Lamb does is he, he gets in the middle of biconceptual, someone who has each frame activated at different times, and he just activates a nurturing parent frame more, right? Mm-hmm. And so he, when they call him moderate, he goes, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the 40% that's nurturing parent, and I'm getting into the, and there's 40% who's strict father, and I'm getting into the 20% in between who have both frames, and I'm just activating nurturing parent more. And one of the ways he does it was with abortion. I thought it was interesting because he got attacked from the right on his abortion position, right? Okay. His position on abortion was like, I do not personally believe in abortion, but women should have the right to choose. But this is not, that's not a new position. All right. What do you call someone? Is someone who says that pro-life or pro-choice? This is funny. Yeah. That is someone who is pro-choice. However, I know many people yeah. who identify as pro-life yeah. who have that exact feeling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so Paul Ryan goes up there. He goes, oh, Connor Lamb's pro-life. He's pro-life because he doesn't believe in abortion. And then everyone's like, yeah, but he said like women should have the right to choose. And that's kind of pro-choice. Yeah. Yeah. So he he it was like very bi-conceptual where he's like, there's a little bit of the frame where I'm activating where I'm like calming you down. I'm like, you know what? I agree with you. I've got another idea. Yes. When people are going to say, I don't believe in abortion, which is weird to say I don't believe in a science scientific technology that currently exists because yeah. beliefs are something that like you either believe it exists or it doesn't exist. Right. And this clearly exists. So yeah. the point is, I don't believe that we should use it. Yes. So if there's someone who says, I don't believe that we should use abortion, however, I also believe that it's a woman's right to choose. Yes. This is a new frame. This is not pro-life or pro-choice. This is pro-life for choice. Pro-life for choice. That's interesting. Yeah. Or let's come up with something better. But still, like, I think that they're really, it really is pro-choice. It's pro-choice. Yeah. But you have to call it something different so that the people who identify as pro-life right. can hear that and come to that oh, side. That's a, that's a great point. That's a great There are a lot of people who are pro-life that, that kind of feel the same way, but they don't want to call themselves pro-choice. Right? No, well, they yeah. think they're pro-life, yeah. Yeah. and they certainly don't want to say they're pro-choice because what they really think pro-choice is is pro-death. They think pro-choice is pro-abortion. They're not pro-abortion. They're like pro... Pro... Okay, women should be able to choose. I just don't think I just wouldn't choose that for me. Yeah. And I wouldn't want that choice for people I know. Yeah. Perhaps. And and I hope you don't choose it lightly. Right. Exactly. And and nobody does. I know. (laughs) And that's that's the whole thing. And so I think that there's this whole thing about semantics and that people have painted this one issue into pro-life or pro-choice. But... People can have many a gradient yeah. of feelings about right. this. Yeah. And um, you, I think that by giving it a new word, and right. I think by Democrats giving yeah. it a new word, yeah, I think that's something that could seriously help us in the next election. That's a good point. We got to call somebody. We got to get on this. Pro-life, pro-choice. <laughs> hook yeah. us up yeah. with some contacts. So uh, that's... that's um, that's the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that gave, I, I, I don't know, I, I, I hope that twisted everybody's brains around in a way to think of it from a new angle. Yeah, it definitely twisted mine around. Thank you for that. You incepted me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I am the queen of inception. You're like Ellen Page in this movie now. And I guess I'm uh, Tom Hardy or one of the other guys. Oh, come on. <laughs> Everybody wants to be Tom Hardy. I don't want to be Tom Hardy. Why? He's like very handsome. I don't want the Bane voice. <laughs> oh, I love the Bane voice. You were crafted in the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've adapted the darkness? <laughs> I was born in the dark. <laughs> oh, my God. That's well, the- <laughs> I like the idea of being Ellen Page because she's the architect, which means she gets to paint, paint all the right. pretty pictures everybody walks around if I get in. to If I get to choose who I am in that movie, I yeah. get to be Michael Caine then. But Michael Caine never goes in. Yeah, but Michael Caine is Michael Caine. Oh, fine. Yeah. You are kind of Michael Caine-esque. Right, that's what I'm saying. In fact, if there was a movie about Michael Caine yeah. now, they yeah. would probably call you and be like, hey, Michael, we're, we know you're not an actor. <laughs> right. If do- but we're doing a movie about Michael Caine. Are you in? Are, are you, you in? Are you going to be? Can you I'm do like, it? Uh, you know what? You twisted my arm, but <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll do it. I'll do yeah. it. Can, but only if Michael Caine can have... Uh, an historian accent <laughs> yeah, exactly. for that period of his life. Right. He has to have a Queen's accent. Yeah. I know he has like this really nice British accent. Yeah. Let's go with the Queen's accent. <laughs> you <laughs> guys can fix it in post, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Just my, you know, we got a sound engineer in here. And yeah. 
No big deal. Fix the post. Oh my gosh. On that note, I'm Michael Sinettis. And I'm Chelsea O'Connor. And that was season two, episode five of We Can Talk About. We're a so podcast. Excited. Yeah, a podcast about the moral values of politics and the language we use to transmit them. That was about the mundane, the mundane nurturing parent, right? The boring boring nurturing parent that will save your health care and your social security thank you very much <laughs> and the secrets of inception yes <laughs> see you next week bye bye thanks for joining we can talk about if you're a fan of the pod please share your favorite episodes on your facebook page or twitter feed we'd love to meet your friends